I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to order. I'm Melissa Maley, the spy. I'm Tyler Riley, cop and a half. I'm Tristan Miller, the saucy sleuth. And we have with us today... Clint McElroy, the elderly amateur detective. <laughs> Perfect. I, did, I didn't know there was that much prep involved. <laughs> I'm sorry, we I, gotta put you on this Yeah, spot. I know. <laughs> Forgot about yeah. that, that part. <laughs> but today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash adcpod and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to, go to audibletrial.com slash adcpod. We got any uh, book recommendations um, today? Well, the short story we're talking about now is uh, encompassed in The Innocence of Father Brown, which is available on Audible. You can download a all of the short stories. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah, trip me up. Yeah. <laughs> we got through it. <laughs> yeah, you you bought the entire... I did. I bought the wrong thing <laughs> that had the right story in it. Mm -hmm. I started uh, to read it on my Amazon Kindle, and it was like five hours and 57 minutes left, and I was like, good grief. <laughs> this is... <laughs> not a short story. <laughs> this is not a short story. What happened? Yeah, what are the novels yeah. like? And then... Goodness. Kindle does not give you the table of contents up front. It just starts on the first story. Mm. Yeah. So I was very confused. Yeah. Amazon do better. <laughs> in so many ways. <laughs> yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, but thank you for our for Audible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We love you. Yeah, let's not um, cheese them off already. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. John Oliver. Um, so, Clint, you chose this story. Yes. Um, why? And also, what's your experience with Father Brown? How did you get to know him? I have always been a kind of a uh, streak reader. Um, like I blasted through every Poirot book and story. Um, and, and any kind of series, uh, literary series, I've always been like that. I will read them all in, in, in one sitting. And um, I, I'm, I'm having trouble, but I read them years and years ago. Um, and actually, I came to G.K. Chesterton first uh, because I found him a fascinating person, a fascinating whatever you want to call him. He did so many things, a philosopher, theologian, writer, uh, bon vivant. I mean, he was just a fascinating <laughs> character. And um, I read I read a quote uh, of his uh, that was, um, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it was about going into the country to draw on a piece of brown paper with chalk. And he wrote this whole story about how he had forgotten to bring the white chalk. And he went into a whole thing about white and, and everything G.K. Chesterton did had a reason to it, even the Father Brown stories. And so I said, oh, well, that might be interesting. So I started with the Father Brown stories. 
um, and read them all straight through uh, just because I liked the fact that the stories had something to say about the human condition and not just not just mm -hmm. coming up with clever ways to, to solve a, a mystery, but they had something to, to say. Whether you agreed with it or not, it had something to say. And I, and I always found that absolutely fascinating about Chesterton and the Father Brown stories in particular. Yeah, I noticed that the language is really, it's very mm -hmm. specific, but very descriptive. Yeah. It's not, it's not very descriptive like Tolkien, <laughs> where it's, you know, pages and pages about the oh, tree on the yeah. corner. Uh, the, but... uh, Stephen R. R. Donaldson, uh, Stephen R. Donaldson, and um, oh, there's another author that I, I absolutely love. Uh, oh, Robert Jordan. You know, Robert mm -hmm. Jordan would go, 12 pages describing a bowl of fruit. Yeah. Uh, but Chesterton <laughs> right. started out as an artist. Chesterton wanted to be an artist. And, and I think oh. that you see in his, in his writing, uh, a use of a palette almost. I mean, he uses mm -hmm. a lot of color, especially in the first part of the Blue Cross. Mm -hmm. um, he uses a lot of color in his descriptions. Um, and, and he uses very basic colors, blues, reds, greens. Um, and and I think he approached it from kind of a visual, a visual manner. That makes a lot of sense. He really is painting with his language mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Uh, so we actually started this podcast because we were hearing your family oh, talk about Get out! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we we're like, oh, that sounds interesting. So we decided. <laughs> Yeah, we might as well talk about it and make mm -hmm. it a podcast. And yeah. and now here we are, many uh, many episodes yeah. in. It's actually. one of the few literary influences that all four of us uh, share. I mean, we share a lot, but Justin, Travis, and Griffin mm -hmm. are huge Poirot heads. So I think that yeah, and in our second graphic novel, let's face it, uh, face it, yeah, basically influenced by murder on the orient express because griffin's such a huge fan the three we recently watched all three movie versions of murder on the orient express mm -hmm. which one is your favorite finney mm. i i just i i like the brano one I, mm -hmm. I i really did um and i think that he did a a, a good job of capturing the the quirks of Poirot, um, and you know, it, it, I I think that was very effective. Um, but you know, let's face it: if you're going to do a movie these days, there has to be hanging off the yeah. trestles, fighting the bad guy, yeah. mm -hmm. explosives. Yeah. Um, uh, and you have to have yeah. the setting out in at a dining room table. In the snow, I, I yeah, <laughs> I, I understand that you have to do that. Whereas I felt like the Finney one was a little bit truer to the to the spirit of it. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, I, I I think that would be my my favorite. It has some of my favorite actors of all time in it. Um, oh yeah, the yeah. casting is yeah. incredible. Actually, in all three of the ones we watched, there's a lot of really really spot on casting. I thought all all of the versions, the three versions that we watched were really uh you know, they had yeah. value in their yeah, own it's right. It's nice to have uh, like um different 
murder or murder on the orient expresses to recommend to people yeah because not like my nan like i wouldn't suggest the kenneth Branagh version but i probably would suggest like the Suchet or finney version mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely we're very used to seeing Suchet because we've actually watched quite a bit of the we're making oh. our way through the television he's so, so good i mean he's just yeah. so <laughs> amazing it, it, I remember the first time I ever saw him interviewed after I had watched the first couple of seasons of it and said, well, wait a minute. He doesn't have a Belgian accent. <laughs> Who's this guy pretending to be? No. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. There's also uh, a series of Father Brown uh, on BBC that started in 2013. Are you a fan of this, uh, the television series based on the I have books? I've only seen... Uh, few minutes of one of them um but i'm i mean this has kind of recharged me rereading blue cross uh, has kind of recharged me and uh I, I i'm gonna check them out now i have seen every episode of the father dowling mysteries yes you know the bastardized version <laughs> of Father brown me too. Uh, and i can remember watching the barnard hughes one-off uh, barnard hughes um, did a a, a made-for-TV project, which was supposed to have been a, a pilot for a series that just never kind of took it. They made him an action hero, and mm. it was a little weird. Yeah. Gotcha. I can't imagine yeah. that with this character. I can't imagine getting the Brana treatment, <laughs> as it were. Yeah. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I this is my first experience with Father Brown is tyler was saying is this like that this was an introduction to the character sort of yeah it was and it was kind of a if you were talking in in well we already mentioned a couple of times a tv parlance this would it almost reads like a backdoor pilot for for father brown because the whole story starts with inspector valentine mm-hmm. and inspector valentine of uh, the the paris the police is painted in these broad, glorious spectrums, like the ultimate detective. And, and and Chesterton makes a very conscious choice uh, that the whole story barely has Father Brown in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was very it, surprised by that. And you don't know it's Father Brown even until almost the very end. Um, yeah. it, and that was... I think to me a brilliant piece of the writing. You meet, you you meet uh, this Valentine, this brilliant detective, described in terms like, you know, Doyle would describe Holmes or you know, yeah. he's the best. Almost. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Uh, he almost feels like a send up of Poirot because he's French and he like has a cane and a hat. Very I... like a smaller man. It seems like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think that it uh, it 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 comes out along, and you even meet the bad guy, Flambeau, mm-hmm. before yeah. you meet Father Brown. Now, what here's what I love about these stories, and what I love about uh, the Father Brown series in particular: those first five, six, seven, eight short stories. You were mentioning before about how you know. It, it was tough telling chapters and you know they read like a novel because mm-hmm. the story progresses from that first episode 
into the second episode with, with continue with Valentine in a very weird way. Um, but then <laughs> the stories progress in Flambeau, this master criminal, the Moriarty of this whole series. Yeah. Flambeau becomes, he, his story progresses. You know, he, he becomes friends with Father Brown. They become partners, crime fighting buddy picture of a priest and a master criminal who reforms and becomes one of the good guys. And, and this, the story actually has a running through line from those first chapters that read like a novel. Things happen. Um, characters change uh, in the case of Valentine in a, in a major way. Um, but that's one of the things that I think Chesterton was kind of ahead of his time. Um, you know, there would be, I think like even in the home stories, there would be callbacks to previous things and mentions of, of say Moriarty and, and, and other elements like that. But this one really felt like episodes that were all connected into one long storyline. Um, I think that lent itself to me when I was started reading them of reading it straight through and not being able to put it down. Cause I'm very much a jump around reader. I've got like 20 books on my nightstand and whatever <laughs> mood I'm in, I'm going to read. Yeah. But Father Brown really mm -hmm. kind of lent itself to, go, oh, what's going to happen next in this this overarching story? Oh, that's so interesting. Because, yeah, so many detective stories really are very uh, self-contained. So, yeah, like you episodic. get little, yeah, you get little things here and there. Like, for instance, with Poirot, uh, you can really read whichever one. I mean, not in all cases, of course, but you can read whichever uh, like you don't have to start with uh, mysterious affair at Styles. Like you can jump around a little bit. A lot of people, I'm sure, start with Murder on the Orient Express. Um, mm -hmm. But if you do start there, or if you start with a short story, is you really can follow. Basically, where is Hastings? What is he doing? Is he in South America? Is he married yet? <laughs> yeah. But like, it's not really that important to to know that for the context of each. Is the point I'm driving at. Which Doyle did with Watson as well. I mean, Watson's mm -hmm. life went through changes. Things happened to Watson. Um, and, and I think that kind of carried through in the storyline, the, the through story of the Sherlock Holmes book. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I have so little. I have like anecdotal Sherlock Holmes knowledge, um, but I haven't read any of it, surprisingly, which is just uh, really funny uh, in because of how much I love the genre. Um, but yeah. like, I know more about it through like um pop culture and like star trek at this point <laughs> which is a really bizarre way to know sure if you can't get to sherlock holmes through mr data i don't know yeah. how you can yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly right 100 <laughs> so this short story it starts off with as you were saying the the detective valentine and he arrives in is it england yes he crosses yeah. the channel Mm. Yeah. In pursuit of Flambeau, the master criminal. Yeah. Yes, and uh, yeah. you really get like <laughs> a like a Javert and uh although I mean he seems mm. Valentine seems much nicer than Javert, but uh <laughs> but yeah. but like the the pursuit uh with Javert and like uh but Flambeau, of course, is it does seem to be this master criminal. 
Um, yeah, he's acrobatic. He's huge. He's smart. Master he's, of disguise. Yeah. He's yeah. Every men want to be him. Women want to be with him. Oh. Other men want to be with him. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, except that, of course, Flum- Flumbo is extremely tall. So he's yes. a master of disguise only in as much as they are 6'4". He can be which, disguised yeah. as a tall person. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And, and, men, and to women, his credit, yeah. Chesterton acknowledges that. He yeah. said he yeah. has a line in there. I don't remember if it's in Blue Cross or, mm-hmm. or in one of the other stories where, he's, where he says you could track him if you were looking for a very tall fireman or a very tall mm-hmm. message boy or a very tall yeah. you know, chef. Yeah. And, he... and, and the thing is, if you, you, to a certain extent, and this is what's tough about reading these stories now, much like you were mentioning the Sherlock Holmes stories, um, is you can't, it's, it's impossible to read them in a vacuum, but you have to imagine. When Blue Cross first came out, the title was Valentine Follows a Curious Trail. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a Father Brown story, the first one that came out. You thought this was a story about Valentine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. you know, it, in, with that shows Chesterton's brilliance even more because you're setting down a trail. Oh, okay, it's another story about another genius, you know, uh, detective chasing a master criminal and then throws that little hook in later on. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it... we also learn a lot about like Valentine, uh, the inspector and, you know, all the things that like he'll go through in order mm-hmm. to catch a criminal. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, good grief. Who has the time to <laughs> paint all these numbers on the street in the dead of night? In this um, economy? <laughs> you know, and I think like he also like set up like a fake mailbox at one point. I'm just like, that is dedication, sir. <laughs> Something that stood out to me when he was describing Flambeau and his disguises was like, you couldn't, Flambeau could no more disguise his self as a short man as a giraffe could a cat, which I thought was <laughs> very solid. Uh, yeah, uh, I love it. Yeah. And and you're right. Mm-hmm. His His method uh is is really interesting because he he basically you know says the way i solve so many crimes is i look at the obvious stuff and well okay then i'll just let my gut uh i, I you know take me where well my one of my favorite quotes yeah. um i and i wrote it down when i was rereading it the criminal is the creative artist the detective is only the critic i thought that <laughs> was that was very insightful that was a very cool and the fact that chesterton was primarily when he first started out a critic of, of theater, of art, mm. of writing. Um, oh yeah, yeah, a lot of it, humor I, in there. For sure, yeah. no, it's wonderful. Absolutely, I like also how Valentine is like. He's not a thinking machine because machines can't think, and he thinks that is like outdated and silly, which I think is very French as well. It's like. <laughs> The, uh, the point of people is that they think and they have guts and instincts and that's the thing I'm going to lean into, which I thought was very, very cool. Let me ask you all a question. When did the Poirot books first start coming out? Ooh. They, I believe Ooh. in the 30s. In the, the 1930s. 30s. Mm-hmm. Well, see, this story came out in 1910. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in public domain. Yeah, so <laughs> the, these stories came out 20 years before Poirot. Um, and, but, and it's so, it's so amazing to me because, you know, he, you, you even said, you know, Valentine sounds like Poirot. Um, 
And okay, here I'm going to show my super trivia nerdy. Flambeau's <laughs> first name was Hercule. Okay, there we go. There we go. Wow. I'm a goon. I'm a dork. Oh boy. Okay. So <laughs> Agatha. No, I'm not saying that. No, don't get that started. I can stole everything. Put that away. Accuses the sack of the Christie of being. <laughs> this is how we get this podcast on the map. How to do it? Yeah. Hot takes. And me in jail. <laughs> Christie <Yes>. plagiarist. What? <gasps> I know. <laughs> That Agatha Christie estate. Oof. No, we would be blacklisted from so many groups. Oh, I know. Yeah, absolutely. We would lose 100% of our audience. <laughs> and all of her fans know how to poison people. So, uh-uh. no thanks. I didn't say that. I recant it all. <laughs> yeah. Mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. But of course, there's always influence in every writer. I mean, <laughs> everyone's going to be be taking little like inspiration from from folks. And that's... There's nothing wrong with that, for sure. No, there's not. I mean, because who is it? Somebody once said there are only seven original ideas, you know, yep. of, mm-hmm. for, for plots. I used to teach, yeah. uh, when I taught theater at uh, Marshall University, I always devoted one class uh, where we would spend half an hour uh, running through the plots of really well-known movies. But any plot can be so boiled down, it makes, you know, you, you don't see any connection. Um, a girl tries to get home by making uh, four new friends. Okay, Wizard of Oz? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So you can, boy, you can streamline anything down yeah. to where it does not sound, you know, special, you know, and like the expression, probably G.K. Chesterton would use this expression, God is in the details. It's how you mm-hmm. render that plot and that dialogue and how the story progresses and the twists and turns. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. So we get this very vivid picture of, of Valentin and of Flambeau who he is chasing. And then he comes across uh, a small priest uh, or like, yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, it talks about how he's not a religious man, but uh, it in, like it engenders some sort of like warm feelings and pity in him. Mm-hmm. Like just looking at his face, like he gets good vibes from mm-hmm. uh, from this priest, right? I uh, <laughs> he also does describe him as like very dopey and bumbling and foolish, letting him know that every letting everybody on the train know that he has like oh careful, I gotta I keep losing this package, but it has a really expensive thing in it. Yeah. You know, which a moon calf simplicity. Yeah. Oh, that's that good. Yeah. Yeah. Moon calf yeah. is very Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's really nice because it's also kind of a, a counter to what comes later, like you were saying, with like Sherlock and Hercule Poirot of like Father Brown is like such a simple like it's obvious. It's just really kind. And, you know, I don't know. It's like it's. Almost, uh... oh gosh, I just, the name just went right out of my head. Number one ladies detective agency. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, Mavra Matsui. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, like, I, it, I don't know. It's really lovely um, when when you have a simple character being able to achieve great things on their own. And it, for me, it reminded me kind of a Bilbo Baggins situation of, like, here's a normal person 
able to do extraordinary things as opposed to an extraordinary person just doing extraordinary things sure. which is also wonderful in its own way yeah and and i think that the contrast there there's um well like columbo you know mm. columbo always was being looked down on you know he looked i'm sorry yeah oh, let me ask you one more question. Uh-huh. <laughs> one more thing now one more thing um you know, he's always rumpled. His hair is always a mess. He's always complaining about his stomach and griping about his wife and does not look like he's the sharpest, you know, knife in the drawer. And he's the smartest person in the room always. Mm-hmm. And so I think that Chesterton uses that with, with Father Brown, very unassuming. And again, reading it in a vacuum, putting yourself back in 1910, reading this story, you know, he, he drops this dimension of this priest who doesn't even name him at the beginning oh, okay, this priest, and it's just another incident. But cleverly, it still sets up the crime. It still sets up mm-hmm. what, what's going on. Uh, and and that, was, that was what I loved about it. it I could imagine looking back, because I know I'm reading a Father Brown story. So I said, ah, oh, there's Father Brown. I thought, but you know what? If I had you know, read it 110 years ago, uh, A, I invented time travel, apparently. Uh-huh. <laughs> B, I would think, oh, that's that's just a way to introduce the MacGuffin, a way to introduce what's going to be stolen. Yeah. And then as it goes on, well, I'm I'm getting ahead of your 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 proposal. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, that's okay. I'm very excited about this story. <laughs> it is. It's exciting. Uh, yeah. And it moves so quickly too. Yeah. Uh, oh. But yeah, so he loses track of Flambeau. He can't find him, uh, and he ends up at this restaurant, right? So uh, yes, uh, before oh. though, did we mention what exactly was stolen? Did we mention that it was the still a sterling silver cross with blue stones? Right. We the titular roll blue cross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you one can assume. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he ends up at this restaurant, and there's like, mm-hmm. which I love because he's like, oh man, I lost him. <sighs> Better get some coffee, and now I'm hungry. I, you know, you can't think on an empty stomach. And I'm like, I respect that. It was very um, Agent Cooper as well, which some really good pie. Yeah, mm-hmm. some very good yes, pie. Uh, very relatable. Always. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't know what to do next, why not get some food? Uh, yeah. Uh, so he's at this restaurant, and there's like a stain on the wall, and the salt and sugar. Uh, containers have been switched and he starts chatting with the waiter and the waiter is like oh yeah it must have been those two clergymen uh and he recounts this story of these clergymen who were like one of them was throwing stuff against the wall like they were causing this huge ruckus which two popes got nothing on this <laughs> no <laughs> could be would be very notable to anyone i mean like mm-hmm. really causing a scene uh and especially priests doing that like that's completely wild mm-hmm. <laughs> idea so yeah. like it seems really strange but also at the same time like you know not, not nuts n- no you know it, it, right like, well we'll get to that in a minute <laughs> oh oh we'll get nuts <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh so yeah, uh apparently one of them also um 
they should have been charged four shillings and they were uh they then saw that the he saw that the bill the waiter saw that the bill actually had 14 shillings written on it instead and then he gave uh mm-hmm. he paid him the 14 shillings without question and then i uh, slammed through the window <laughs> yeah because he's like this will pay yeah. for this <laughs> yeah which is absolutely baller like <laughs> um and then valentine goes to the the market is that what happens next yeah, yeah he goes to the grocer mm-hmm. um and he remarks that the cart like the sign for brazilian nuts is above the oranges and uh vice versa and then again the grocer's like must have been those two clergymen. Yeah, those two priests. <laughs> just like, what is going on? <laughs> one small and one large. Same kind of deal. Uh... Truly, like, they run into the stand and they're like, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. And they switch it over. Yeah. It's very Laurel and Hardy. It's very, you know. Oh yeah, because they knock down the apples. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the smaller clergyman comes back and says, I'm so sorry, I misplaced a package. Uh, and if you find it, please send it to Westminster. Um, and the shopkeeper did find this package and uh, sent it out as instructed. Mm-hmm. So uh, the shopkeeper points them in the direction of Hempstead Heath, which is where they had been scheduled to go. And then Valentine watches because he finds these two priests and he like, it sounds like he's like hiding behind a tree. Yeah. Watching them have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, I imagine him like in a bush. And it's described like here, there's a hill and then like a bench, and they're like hiding in the bushes behind the, just under the hill. Very, very Fellowship of the Ring with the black right. <laughs> just very like. <laughs> yeah, or Beatrice with her like yeah. one branch in yeah. Much Ado, listening to <laughs> a singular leaf. Yeah, <laughs> total setup. Uh, but when he catches up like they are just like having a full-on argument yeah about theology yes yeah um and the very tall priest is getting in on reason like he's trying to say that you know this reasonable argument isn't a good idea I start out. <laughs> Keep that in. <laughs> yeah. Hi, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this this great episode with Clinton McElroy. Uh, is that his full name? I believe that is what Justin has called him. Oh, okay. On the podcast, in public. So, uh, a Papa Max is what I want to... Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> the good old Papa Max. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to have him on um reminder that we are on the scavengers network you can go to scavengersnetwork.com and take a look at all the content they have available there there's podcasts there's videos there's all sorts of great nonsense um they have podcasts like historical hotties which is the horniest show i have ever been on (laughs) where they rate historical figures by their sexiness um my episode was about the late great james lipton Mm. you also 
You also have State Your Case, which is a weekly podcast that aims to create sleeker, better versions of America by evaluating each state on their own merits and then deciding whether or not to include them in the union, which seems applicable. Um, I, yeah. Yep. Also, I just started a new podcast because oh, I don't have enough. Um, <laughs> it's called Focus Testing. Tucker Daly Johnson and I create movies based off of a random prompt we improvise them the first three episodes are out on most major podcatchers um with a very special guest on the third one of mike kaplan who is a great friend of mine and a very great comedian so check that out if you want if you think i'm funny check it out if you don't think i'm funny still check it out and just power through it papa (laughs) needs those numbers in a world Where the human race struggles to do with their ten dollars or less. <laughs> ADC's Patreon is here for you. For ten dollars a month, you can place an ad for your business during the show, or just for yourself. No judgment here. You'll also receive early access to all the shows plus bonus content and episodes. At three dollars, we don't need you taking up our time with your sweet, sweet nothings. We just want you to get access to all the shows and bonus content. And for a dollar. Well, thanks. Also, I would like to plug this week. Um, I will begin on this Tuesday, June 9th, I believe. Time is relative. Yes. Uh, yes, Tuesday, June 9th on mm-hmm. Instagram, I will begin a series called Tune Tuesdays, where I will have a guest on Instagram Live. Uh, they will be given a song questionnaire in advance, and it's pretty much just a listen and conversation show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will also raise uh, money. There will be a donate button uh, to a charity or organization of my guest choice. Uh towards the uh, empowerment and betterment of the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. So check us out. It's 7 o'clock, I should also say the time. <laughs> 7 o'clock this at, Tuesday at, on at Instagram Live at my handle. Yes, 7 p.m. Eastern, Eastern Standard okay. Time. <laughs> uh, my Instagram handle is at it's Tyler Riley. Yes, the yeah. it's is included so at it's tyler riley all one word uh seven o'clock this tuesday uh where my guest will be my best friend and artistic director of company of fools cameron clark (laughs) Uh, i don't believe you interviewed for the position sir (laughs) (laughs) i applied but my application never arrived on your desk i see Tyler Blame shrugged. Blame USPS. Like, I, I ain't got nothing to do with that. <laughs> I emailed it. <laughs> I faxed it to you. Oh, well, I'm that's sorry. why. 1994 called and said, go back to when fax machines were relevant. 1994 called and said, hey, you're two years old. Why are you touching a fax machine? <laughs> Get off of that. This ain't funny. Be sure to follow us also on social media, the podcast, ADC Pod, at ADC Pod on all of the social media that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
as long as you're not like a teenager, I think. That means Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Because <laughs> the teenagers with, what are they doing now? Snapchat? Uh, the, the, TikTok. The, uh, the um, TikTok. Don't get on TikTok. TikToking. Uh, <laughs> right? Is that what you mean? No. Um, <laughs> I do have a question for you, Melissa. Yes. Is there some kind of group on Facebook also? Yes, there is. It's called the Amateur Detective Club. Uh, please answer those membership questions for us so that was... we know you are a real person. Also, thank you everybody who joined us on our live stream for uh, trying to raise some funds for various organizations that are assisting those who are fighting for justice across the country right now. Um, you can, if you send us a receipt at any of the places that Melissa just mentioned of you donating to an organization, you will receive two audio commentaries for the David Suchet version and the Kenneth Branagh version of Murder on the Orient Express um, that we recorded live last Thursday, which seems like forever ago. Um, but I want to thank you very much. And also, here are some other places that you can just donate as well, even if you don't want the audio commentary. If you're sick of hearing our voices, but still want to help, here you go. Atlanta, atlsolidaritynetwork.org. Chicago, chicagobond.org slash donate. Louisville is actionnetwork.org. And Minnesota, uh, as we mentioned earlier, in Brooklyn, it is brooklynbailfund.org slash donate. The Bronx, thebronxfreedomfund.org. Philadelphia, phillybailout.com slash donate. And Los Angeles, gofundme.com and find People's City Council Ticket Fund. And, and so then, of course, um, there's the big reveal <laughs> uh, that this smaller priest is indeed Father Brown. Mm -hmm. um, and he has identified that the taller priest, who is actually Flambeau in disguise, uh, is, you know, he's known he was a fraud from the beginning because he set up all these absurd situations he like throwing the soup against the wall in the restaurant and knocking over all the the uh, apples and the orange and changing the signs and the oranges and paying overpaying the bill. He didn't question any of those things; just went along mm -hmm. with it. Uh, but it's too good at yes anding. Yeah. <laughs> starting with the salt. Starting with the salt and sugar switch. Yes. Was yeah. the yeah. first salt thing that that kind of tipped Father Brown off because he swapped the, the salt sugar. Flambeau in disguise loads up his coffee with salt and doesn't bat an eye, and yeah. that's 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 a key to Father Brown's character that, that insight and that observation and knowing mm -hmm. the human character, right? Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. he he had suspected something was off, and he swapped them, knowing that if the, someone was up to no good, that they would just. Uh, go along with everything uh, you know to try and disguise their bigger deception yeah yeah uh and but he, and he gave himself away when he started criticizing reason 
Yeah, the, the line, the, the line that Father Brown has, you attacked reason. That's bad theology is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. It's brilliant. It's such a great line. Yeah. And that whole, that whole debate between Flambeau and Father Brown when Flambeau is still trying to be a priest is really at the heart of what makes the Father Brown stories so unique. It, it, Chesterton was a, a he, de, he loved to debate. He and George mm -hmm. Bernard Shaw were best friends who argued all the time. <laughs> and, you know, if you, if you studied debate or if you have ever been a debater, you know, especially when it's taught uh, on the collegiate level, high school level, wherever it's taught, uh, a good debater can debate either side of an argument. And so Chesterton was a brilliant debater. Um, and, you know, these days um, there's you know, so much criticism of, of, of organized religion. Um, and, and this is, you know, obviously not the venue to, to discuss that. But <laughs> oh, sure it is. <laughs> Chesterton, Chesterton's all about, uh, you know, reasoning. And he has one line in there. I can't remember what it is. And I thought I wrote it down. Oh, I know. Alone on earth, the church affirms that God himself is bound by reason. That was pretty revolutionary talk for, for 1910. That, what? God has to follow reason? Well, basically, Chesterton said, God set up this system with rules. He's got to follow the same rules of this system he set up. And I think, and that whole insight into that that faith, that theology, that whatever belief system, however you want to call it, is at the very heart of what Father Brown is all about. Mm. Um, and and that's what you know makes it so brilliant. And then I think if you are it, back then, if you were reading it, like I said, in a vacuum in 1910, you started going, "Well, this is kind of weird behavior." But it's not until this moment you go, oh, wait a minute, there's the star of the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's our hero, yeah, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah. a, yeah. it's, a, it's a great moment. Yeah, yeah. a big switch. Um, and it almost is, like, it happens basically at the same moment when he is finally named as Father Brown. Uh, yeah. Which is really uh, a, a lovely device that he uses to, you know, once he gives the character a name. Uh, that he really comes out to be the main character. Um, but yes, of course, Valentine has been hiding in the bushes because uh, uh, Flambeau is threatening Father Brown, saying, you know, clearly, physically, I could overpower you. And he's like, yeah, that's cool. But I have set up this whole trail for law enforcement to follow. And yeah. Yeah. as if on cue, Valentine comes out uh, mm -hmm. and apprehends him. So. And he also sent the package with the blue cross away because he gives the package to Flambeau. And Flambeau's like, oh, man, it's just a bunch of sticks or something. Oh, right. Man. And he's like, yeah, that's something I learned from other criminals that I've talked to over the years. You hear a lot of weird stuff in confessional, which I thought was very dope. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't uh, spend this many years in in a confessional without learning some of the ways of you know some of the evil ways and that is yeah. another that is another key to all of the father brown stories mm -hmm. think about it in in essence a, a priest you know would not be uh, a killer a criminal uh, you know something along those lines but through confession father brown knows all about the human condition uh, right he's not an innocent 
He knows about this. Um, and that is a basis for all of the Father Brown stories. These insights that he has because he has seen the, the, the worst. If you notice, and it, and it takes some reading of some of the stories, Father Brown is not, isn't always smiling and happy and, and joyful. He's, he's seen the dark side. Uh, (laughs) And just because he hasn't lived in that dark side, he has experienced that dark side. He knows about it. And it's his insights into that human condition we mentioned before that are almost always, almost always the key to to the story um, and, and a key to the mystery. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was really, it's a great intro. It really is just a great intro to a character, this this story. I mean, and it's a fun story, yeah. too, to follow. Um, yeah. Like, it's not the most, you know, a theft of, of, a, of a jeweled cross is maybe not the most, like, sensational crime ever. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it's, in its simplicity, uh, really really shines and it gives you a lot it gives you a lot and it makes you want it makes you want more it makes you want to hear yeah. more yes, like you were does. saying before oh well not only that but you think that's bad in a future story flambeau steals somebody's flatware oh no i'm not kidding <laughs> so he he just oh that man call that flambeau <laughs> stealing cutlery what's he thinking <laughs> not my good china no <laughs> Oh no! It was a wedding gift. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but flatware is expensive. It, it is. certainly can be, <laughs> and it can just do a pawn shop. <laughs> and it can be sentimental too, like uh, Angus McDonald's flatware. In, uh... <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> I had not made that connection until you just said that. So yeah, you. <laughs> 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 so um. Overall, what do we all think of this short story? We do uh, five mustaches instead of stars because uh, Poirot's mustache, of course. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, You know, like five, big old five from me. Uh, Mm -hmm. The language was absolutely beautiful, but in such a way that is enriching and not um, mind numbing. Uh, I I love... (laughs) I, I love I love some detail, but uh, mm. I I start to drift if it gets so florid that I don't know what the plot is anymore. Yeah, and he never yeah. does that. Um, he is being real deliberate with. Now that I know he was a painter, I'm gonna use mm-hmm. meta- that metaphor constantly with the brush strokes of his language. Um, and mm. really very deliberate. Uh, a plus uh, setup. Um of these characters intro and the easy to follow and uh you know the switch at the end where you find out who the real main character is very exciting very pleasant read um i liked it a whole lot yeah uh, i would give it four and a handlebar mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um just because, like, I mean, for all the reasons that Melissa stated, like, I really, really enjoyed it and really wanted more from it. But there was a section, and I highlighted it, 
uh, where it's Valentin, and he remembered now how Flambeau had escaped once by a pair of nail scissors, once by a house on fire, once by having to pay for an unstamped letter, and once by getting people to look through a telescope at a comet that might destroy the world. And I was like, I want to know more <laughs> about each of those things. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, for sure. I, I think I would give it a four and a soul patch, as featured in Kenneth Branagh's um, Poirot. Okay. Uh, Heretic! Yes. <laughs> well, don't get me even started about the John Malkovich facial hair situation. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but yeah, it was really good. Sometimes um, the language to me was, it's always very beautiful, but I was like a little like, come on, come on, come on, come on, give me the next bait. But that's because I'm, because I wanted to know more. I wasn't like a detriment. So it took me a little bit to settle into how it was written. That also, I think, and this is my fault. I listened to an audiobook version, not the one available at audibleaudibletrial.com slash pod, but um, the one available for free on YouTube. And it was an American reader. And so the accents were bad and the way in which the, it, it's just this profoundly non-American way to write. And so I think that dissonance really, you know, skewed me. And yeah, so I think that was, is on you, Tristan. Yeah, that is hundred percent on me. So, like overall, I'd say the story is like a four and a half or five, but the the reading experience was a two. Oh, all he right. Certainly read the words. I see. Don't listen but to the one on uh, YouTube, YouTube then. Oh, yes, I did listen to a bit of that, and it sounded like the guy that used to narrate all of like those Don Bluth <laughs> trailers from like. <laughs> Yeah. The 80s. Like Pebble the like, Penguin and whatnot, yeah. 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 Oh, no. Yeah. I would go with um, four and one mutton chop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> truly just because German. I, I like mutton chops. Um, it, it is one of my favorite detective short stories. Um, I and, and to me, it was just eye-opening. It was not the first Father Brown story that I read. I read just mm. one of the short stories at random. And it wasn't until I went back and read it. In, in, and I think if I could have traveled back in time and read it in 1910, it would have been a five altogether. But you mm -hmm. can't. I mean, that's that's impossible to do. But as the, I, I would urge you this, that if you did enjoy it, continue to read uh, the, the short stories in order. Um, because like I said, he can, you want to know more about Flambeau? Well, Flambeau is, becomes his Watson, becomes his Hastings. He, they become partners in solving crimes. Um, and Valentine is used in the second story in, in a, a really different kind of way. Um, but they do kind of flesh out those 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 things, and like I said before, the uniqueness of Father Brown, with comments about the human condition, and you know, going a little bit deeper. He he is in some ways he's the anti Poirot, at least in personality, um, mm -hmm. and in a way he's kind of the anti Holmes uh, in his use of 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 reasoning and and starting with the human condition. And then working to logic, uh, he, he is more inductive than deductive 
as, as ah, home is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that like is very appealing. And and you know, like I said, each each one of those early stories feels like the chapter of a, an overall book. Now, Chesterton himself admitted later in life that by the time he was finishing up, he, he did something like 52, 53 stories. And, and he, there's a quote he has about, he says, I will say in all earnestness that the, the last stories I've written have been some of the worst mystery stories ever written. He was very honest. <laughs> it, it sounds like a critic there. But when, for the most part, they, they are, are, they have something to say about people. And, you know, anything that can give you a little bit more insight into people, whether it was 110 years ago or not, is still is, is very useful. They're very, very cool stories. Yeah, it holds yeah. up for and sure. I would say they're also yeah. very hopeful stories, which is nice. Yeah. yeah, They're very uplifting, which is good. Yeah. And I think worth pursuing always, but particularly now. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Well, that's that's a, a, one of the great quotes. I was telling you the story about the the chalk and the drawing on the on the paper that Chesterton wrote in an essay. And the point of the whole essay was that he had forgotten the white chalk. And if you're going to be, any artist will tell you that if you're drawing on brown paper, you have to have white chalk because white chalk is a color. And white chalk is a color just like red and black and his point was that that it was like people that doing good uh, uh, that you if you ignore evil and you don't participate in evil that's not being good that you mm -hmm. have to be white you have to be that color white you have to be that positive things and do positive things and and not just well i didn't do bad things so i'm a good person it's, mm -hmm. it's a brilliant essay and his essays are all very well thought out and they they don't beat you over the head with stuff and he, he includes that philosophy in these stories and you know it's it can you're right it can be uplifting it can be positive and 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 insightful too at the same time yeah, yeah. like the wearing the white hat uh metaphor yeah olivia pope yeah, yeah. olivia pope exactly <laughs> <laughs> little scandal uh reference in there <laughs> um clint it has been so wonderful having you yeah. on and chatting with yes, you yes it really listen has. anytime i can hang out and, and talk with intelligent people about stuff that i did i'm very very cool i want you to have me back so we can talk about flavia deluce sometime when you oh yeah that yeah. sounds that would be a pleasure uh would you like yeah. to plug anything before you get Oh, you know we really aren't really doing anything uh, <laughs> <laughs> no nothing Never. Uh, well let's see the adventure zone podcast continues on um, mm -hmm. you know uh in quarantine we have we're in quarantine anyway all the time that's how we do the show uh but we are in uh the, the currently the graduation arc that travis is dming um, mm -hmm. and uh, that's that's been a blast it's kind of a return to our D&D &D roots um, yeah. we are currently we have the third graphic novel Pedals to the Metal which will be coming out in about a month um, mm. with oh. uh, first second uh, that we did with Carrie Peach and as wonderful as Gerblins was as wonderful as Rockport was in my opinion in my humble opinion <laughs> um uh, agreed 
Pedals to the Metal is like nothing I've ever read or been involved with. Um, It's full of action and a lot of heart. And again, hopefully some positive stuff that'll uplift people. Uh, I'm going to order that right now as soon as we get off. (laughs) I urge everybody to get multiple copies. They give great gifts. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) We are also working uh, on an animated uh, mm-hmm. series with uh, oh Peacock, gosh, yeah, the Peacock streaming service. So, and we got a few other things. We got a, a card game that's coming out. Everything's been kind of you know put on hold, not on hold, yeah. kind of paused a little bit. But I think you know about the only thing uh, that that we're not doing right now that we would have been doing is obviously our touring. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens with that. But mm-hmm. we're trying to keep busy doing cool stuff like this (laughs) yeah yes absolutely yeah um you are welcome any darn time you want to come on (laughs) yes for sure also i wanted to say um both characters you played in amnesty are absolutely i think my favorite out of all the ones oh oh yeah there you made me cry so congratulations you made a grown man cry clint ned Ned was, Ned was one of my favorites too. I, I mean, yeah. and we, we, we work really hard on these. I mean, it's all. I mean, we, it's all improv. I mean, for for our parts, for the for Justin and Travis and and, and myself, and now I mean, mm-hmm. obviously Griffin, but you know, we don't work off a script. We don't even know what's coming, um, but we knew what was coming i mean we knew what we wanted to do with the characters and we've Mm -hmm. also always tried to play straight with with them and and treat them right and do what should happen and i'm glad you said that because i i love ned Uh, yeah and who knows there may we may not be no, can't. No, shut up, Clint. Shut up. <laughs> I have strict okay. orders. All right. I have strict <laughs> orders. I am under strict okay. orders. I uh, understood. Okay. Well, the hope, mm-hmm. the hope is rekindled, uh, yes. for sure. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, yeah. very exciting things. Very positive. Uh, I had never played D and D before. I started listening to the Adventure Zone. Me either. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> I uh, I did start a little bit. Haven't played near enough, but it's. Uh, it's not just uh, it's not just a D&D game. It's a story and all of the arcs are are big, yeah. sweeping, beautiful stories and um, really, really touching and uh, rich and full. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, you know, mostly because of your personalities, uh, mm-hmm. your wonderful family. So, yeah, the only other thing Thank I you. would the only other thing I have to throw at and we, we've been kind of holding off for a few days because my wife carol has been ill we do a live stream on the mcelroy family youtube channel yeah where we uh read chapters of books and we uh went to wonderful wizard of oz um Mm. we uh we did a sherlock Holmes story we did silver blaze as a matter of fact Oh. oh nice and and now we are wrapping up the graveyard book by neil gaiman because neil gaiman gave permission for people to read his stuff streaming so i'm taking advantage of that and running with it yeah <laughs> and we uh, we're almost done with that i think we're we're my wife is on the mend so i think probably tomorrow evening we'll start with that's at 5 30 eastern um 
and we'll be doing that for at least a couple more. And then we're going to decide whether or not to. We did it because people were quarantined and just to give them something to tune into. And people have started sharing it with their, like their kids at bedtime and oh, stuff. Um, that's I wonderful. Love that. Which is, really you know, sweet. why we, you know, try to stay away from like the Jacqueline Suzanne books uh, or, mm. or things of that nature. We haven't done uh, <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey, which. <laughs> on the list that wouldn't that wouldn't that wouldn't translate to kitty time uh, but we do have a few more of those left to go before we decide what to do so oh, wonderful that's fantastic i gotta check that out later too mm -hmm. i have a lot of internet uh internet looking up and purchasing to do now yeah <laughs> giving us homework yeah love it good homework Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks again. And with that, I call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to a close. Do we Gavel vote? sound. Gavel Do we sound. Vote? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we don't vote on that. I second. No, no. Oh, great. <laughs> I got things the to do. The motion carries. The motion carries. <laughs> now refreshments. Yes, now refreshments. <laughs>